Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, don't want to take up too much of your time today being Father's Day and I realise if I just uh, rabbit on for ages you probably won't listen anyway because you uh, are a little more concentrated on the celebrations. Uh, What I do want to say to you is that the whole issue of the fatherhood of God is probably singularly the most important understanding of the nature of the divine and in understanding that nature, the fatherhood, it gives you the basis to understand and appreciate your relationship to the creator, to the source, to God, to the one who is at the centre of all things. Uh, I honestly, absolutely, without reservation, believe that we have developed a distorted image uh, of the true being of the divine. Um, I think religion requires it because um, we can be uncomfortable if we are promoting a religion and particularly if that religious perspective Um, is empirical in its basis and I would suggest to you that's like 99.99999% of everything that has that uh, perspective behind it. I would include evangelicalism and uh, most most expressions of Christianity along with many other things Uh, sadly but I am a Christian and um, I am a lover of God and I am uh, a follower of the teachings of Christ and a believer that the great mystery of the ages is that Christ in you, Christ in me, um, is actually what it's what it's all about. But um, but we have developed this distorted image because um, if we fully embrace the understanding of the fatherhood of God, uh, we have to view everything differently to the way that potentially we have been trained or taught to to view it. See, I would even go so far as to say, and I get in trouble with some people for this, but I think it's a good way of waking up your thinking, that God never wanted to be God. That was never the intent of the Creator to be God. We have superimposed that because in our human concepts of what we think Uh, a divine being should be and mostly rooted in how we would treat people and how we would uh, think that power would be the great expression of of deity Um, uh, we superimpose onto god uh, greek concepts and medieval concepts and egyptian concepts and so on and so forth but but I would say if I was to say anything about the nature of God uh, that I believe he is a reluctant God at best that that was never his intention and uh, you can find the clues for this um, really throughout even the narrative of scripture which I find fascinating 
Um, not least that the only term that Jesus used to refer to God, the divine, was Father. This was new to them. He called him Father. I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen uh, the Father. Um, uh, um, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It was all about the Father except for one incident on the cross when Jesus made that cry, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The only time that he refers to the divine being presence as God. And I would suggest to you that the, probably the reason he did that is that is that uh, every time we feel forsaken, that's, that's the point at which we have ceased to see him, the divine being, as father. And uh, that's where the breakdown comes. If we keep understanding, seeing, relating to him as father, then that sense of forsakenness will not arise within us. So there are other scriptures as well. Again, I said I wouldn't take much of your time, and so I'm not going to. Um, but the genealogies in, in the book of Luke chapter 3 and in Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 3, it runs you through all the names, the genealogies, uh, going all the way um, back from Jesus to Adam. And here's what it says in verse 38, who was the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Now, if Adam was the son of God, what did that make God to Adam? Father, you got it. Um, what's interesting, if you go back to that narrative of, of, of creation and, and the story of, of humanity uh, as written by those Hebrew writers in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it, it makes this statement after Eve has been created. Um, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. So, So my question would be, so if we're talking about Adam as the representative of humanity who was Adam's father because he said you leave your father your mother uh, who was Adam's father so how was Adam to perceive the divine who was the divine to Adam and therefore who was Adam to the divine and we could also throw in that one that's a little more contentious and leave his father and mother so um if 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 who was Adam's father and uh, who was Adam's mother? Uh, there's one for you to, to chew on today. Um, in the other reference of the genealogy, Matthew chapter 1, um, it, it runs through the genealogy and it comes to this point. It said, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. And then when we get to verse 16, it says, Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And this one, Jesus, who is called Christ, we call him what? The Son of God. Okay? The Son of God. So if he's the Son of God, who is God to Jesus? Father. Who is God to Adam? Father. So it's expressing to us that the, to these two vital representatives in the, in the expressed story of humanity... Uh, God was not pushing himself forward as God. He was actually presenting himself all the time as father. And when we try to squeeze the fatherhood of God into the human perspective, uh, uh, when, we, when we try to squeeze God as father into the human perspective of God as a God, 
that's when the, we then begin to create a distorted image and we get, we get all screwed up about how he relates to us, how we relate to him. And I use him loosely, obviously, uh, that's just the terminology. Um, so, so we have this also interesting thing happening in, in the context of, of, of the Bible as a book that, that the Jews spent generations um, uh, developing names and expressing names for trying to identify um, who God is and what God was like. And not a single one of them carries through into the New Testament record, into the life and ministry of Jesus. They are completely replaced by Jesus. He doesn't refer to them even, but he just constantly uses this terminology, Father, 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 Father. Um, so, so I, I guess for some of you, you know, I have to ask the question, what image uh, does father throw up for you? Because it can, uh, if you've had a bad father, uh, a violent father, an abusive father, obviously, when we talk about, about uh, God being reluctant to be God and actually being father, uh, I appreciate it could cause you some pain because your image is one of this uh, not so loving, not so kind not so welcome persona. Um, what I would say to you is use your imagination because images come from imagination. Use your imagination. Imagine the type of father you would have wished to have and always longed to have. Multiply that by a thousand and you're probably getting somewhere near what I'm trying to convey to you about this kind father uh, who who um, is our father, is your father. Uh, and um, uh, you, you know, what's also interesting is that um, to these Jewish people who Jesus was talking to, every time he said father, it was like blasphemy to them uh, because what it was doing was it, it was expressing a familiarity and a belonging that they felt they were not qualified to put forward. Well, let me tell you something, you're qualified to put forward uh, God as your father and you as a son, daughter of this father. It is not blasphemous, it is truth, okay? It's truth. Um, so I've taught some nonsense on this subject and I'm sure many other preachers, if some of you are listening to me today in this brief talk, have also done, um, particularly in relation to uh, Matthew chapter 6, which has the Lord's Prayer in there and it says our father who art in heaven hallowed honored um, 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 praised blessed um, uplifted be your name and uh, we tried to transfer all these different god names that were human attempts to to describe the divine through when actually you know the <laughs> The, it's like the um, the truth is already there in the text, which is our Father, hallowed be your name. This whole concept, well, it's more than just a concept, this whole reality of the divine not being this, this God figure as we understand God's high and mighty separate ruling in power, but of being a loving, uh, tender Father. You know, there's a there's a... There's a Hebrew word, hesed, which means loving kindness. And uh, what we see uh, and can see and do see and will see when we allow all of our image of God to, to melt, 
right, to melt into the understanding of, of his fatherhood, what happens in that is that we see loving kindness and we find identity. Because remember, you know, in our structures, identity tends to come down the line from father. We have our identity in the father's name and our security. We believe we have security from that. Now, I know these may be partly Western concepts, but they're not totally but if you can get a hold of that, um, the, the, the being of God is one of loving kindness, ident- giving identity to us and providing security for us because he is this loving father. So let me just say one other thing um, uh, that I think is the, um, it's the, it's the goal. It's the, it's the striker's hit to put it in the back of the net. Jesus' baptism recorded in Luke chapter 3 didn't have to get baptized chose to be baptized because something was going to happen in that process and uh, as he went to see John the Baptist and he was ducked under the water and he he raised up out the water and it says there came a voice from heaven okay this is what I want you to get a voice from heaven that said you're my son I love you I'm pleased with you there right in that moment before Jesus had ever done anything to inspire change in the world that we live before he began what we Christians would know as his ministry never done a miracle never healed a blind person never preached his his great sermons before he'd done any of that he has an identity and a security that's come from loving kindness because he hasn't earned it uh it's just been it it just is what it is so the moment you hear the words you're my son i love you i'm pleased with you immediately you realize there is a father who has taken ownership of his role in your life so that you can take up uh, uh your promise your inheritance your uh, your your definition, your direction, your your i your 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 being, your whatever phrase you want to put there, you can take up and be who you're supposed to be. Um, so I would say to you today that uh, from the life of Jesus, his life panned out uh, um, the way it did because he knew who he was, and you can only know who. You are if you know really who you are of. And that moment revolutionized and changed Jesus' life. So today, I want to say to you on this Father's Day, let this be this kind of Father's Day for you. His words to you will always be, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. And the moment you embrace that, you are embracing that you belong, that you are born of, that you are part of, that, that you have nothing that you need to do to make you this thing, except that what you can do is exercise. The word I was looking for before and I was struggling is privilege. You can exercise this privilege of being who you are under that fathership. So I would suggest to you today, uh, whatever we want to label God with, he's reluctant with all that. The one thing he will receive and he will respond to and uh, we can live in the security and identity of is the one of appreciating that he is our father. He's your father today. 
You are his child. This is a Father's Day blessing over you. Live in that privilege today because when you know who you are, you will know what to do. I love you. I'll bring you something else in the middle of the week. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.